Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome. This is Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Under the Noise. And today, we're delighted to be sharing with you Besna. I've known Besna, we were just talking about it now for the last two and a half years. And it's been fascinating getting to know someone who is quite, if I can be so bold to say this about you, um, under the radar of what you're up to and have been up to in the world of, well, and you'll introduce yourself in a second regarding what you've been up to, but you're so understated in the impact you've been having with people for a very long time. And I see that as a as a strength as opposed to anything else. And um, I'm also excited to hear what you've been seeing more recently about helping people find uh, more of a, a sense of well-being in all aspects of themselves. So welcome. Thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Win. Thank you for that intro. So what would you love people to know about you who would, who've never heard your name before? Well, it's interesting what you said about very understated. And I'm glad that you said that that was a strength because sometimes in my mind, I'm like, yeah, you know, anyway. But, um, so yeah, thank you for that. But uh, so in my work, I'm a naturopath and a coach and I've been doing this work for 20 years. And in the last few years I've done coaching um, and more so recently coaching around the principles and it's really changed my work and my results with my clients dramatically Um, and the thing is like when I first started off in in practice as a naturopath you start people come to you because they want to feel you know, better in some way. They have an illness or, um, you know, I specialise in in burnout now, but um, back then I was doing everything. And you start to see over a period of time that some people are just doing all the right things and they're just not getting better. You know, and you're like, there's more to it than just, you know, nutrition and having the right herbal medicines and even getting enough sleep and and, you know, doing, like even like meditating and things like that, you know, there's just more to it than, than those things. And so back then I didn't really know what the kind of, what was the missing piece. And it took me years, to be honest. I knew that, that people needed coaching because I felt like people knew what they needed to do in order to be healthy and to be well, but they just weren't doing it. Um, or if they were doing it, it wasn't making a difference. And so their lifestyles were, were quite stressful. And, um, yeah, so it's kind of taken me down this road of, you know, but, you know, in this area of burnout and stress. And so when 
I heard about the principles um, and then since did work around them, that to me has been the game changer for my work with clients because it really addresses that, that really that key piece which is driving the stress. Yep. And then preventing their bodies from healing. Yeah. And their lives. <laughs> so, yeah. Rathna, what do you think that key piece is? It was really understanding the mind, like that when we have a busy mind, when we have mental overwhelm, it's just, you know, I talk about it now, like I know Michael talks about upstream and downstream, but I talk about it in my work from, a, you know, upstream, we've got all this mental overwhelm. And then the downstream problem is, you know, we have all these changes to our hormones and then it creates all these, you know, changes to our neurotransmitters, like all these physical stuff, right? Um, which most modalities look at fixing. Well, let's fix the hormones, let's fix the neurotransmitters, let's fix the biochemistry, right? Um, and that, I look at that as a downstream problem. And unless you're fixing or addressing the upstream, it's just going to keep creating more downstream problems. Um, and so to me, having this conversation with my clients about, you know, like a busy mind and mental overwhelm and mind, thought and consciousness changes the way that they see the things in their life, the things that are stressful, which then makes them relaxed doesn't make them so caught up in their day-to-day thinking and problems, you know? Um, And so they're more relaxed and then they get, they recover really quickly. They feel better in themselves and in their life. Yeah. What impact does that have on their biochemistry then when they notice what you're pointing out to them? Well, their whole nervous system relax, relaxes, right? And so therefore they're not getting the high stress hormones being released. And when our bodies, when we have all those stress hormones, it's very hard for our body to, to do the healing work that it needs. And so I always say it's kind of like if you're just addressing those, you know, biochemistry without addressing, you know, or having that conversation around the mind and mental overwhelm and, and all of that, then it's kind of like having one foot on the brake, one foot on the gas. You're not really getting anywhere. Um, and it's a real struggle for people to then, because they, they really feel like they're trying to do all the right things, but they're not getting, maybe they get some ease of symptoms, but they're not really having the quality of life that they want. So one of my... Um, I can share this case study. One of my recent clients um, who had really bad anxiety to the point where she would have panic attacks and she'd have to be hospitalised for three days at a time where she would just be in a severe state of panic and vomiting and they, they just couldn't settle her down no matter what they gave her. And so we've been working together since just before Christmas. And, and it was funny, she was saying to me the other day, she said, to think when I signed up just before Christmas, I thought it was the worst time to sign up. She was like, oh my goodness, I would have been like suffering all over the Christmas time because now she used to have all these what if scenarios in her head, which would drive the anxiety. She said she had like thousands of them a day. Um, 
She had nausea, which would make her more anxious. She thought that there was something really wrong um, and that scared her. And obviously not sleeping and all this kind of stuff. So basically after, so it's been just, it's been about a month and she doesn't have any panic attacks. She has no anxiety. She doesn't feel like she has any what-if scenarios in her head, but nothing that's really getting her attention, right? Um, and she just feels more relaxed. She's sleeping better. She's got more energy. Like her whole, like I just remember the first phone call I had with her, like she was crying, you know, and now she's like smiling and happy and, you know, she's just really, you know, relationship with the kids have changed. She's not you know, yelling at her kids because she's so frazzled, you know. So really quite a massive shift and she's not, you know, and that's through a conversation of, you know, really doing more coaching around, you know, the things that would, that she felt was a real source of stress for her, which was worrying about the kids. Just worry, just constant worry. Um, and, and now, you know, I spoke to her yesterday and she just, she talked about some of the symptoms that she used to have and she just rolled her eyes and laughed and just went, I can't believe I used to think that. And she laughed at it. Like when it was really serious for her before, she felt like, you know, she'd get a symptom that it would mean that she'd have to go to hospital. Um, whereas now she rolls her eyes and laughs at that. So I think that's pretty amazing. That's huge. It's huge, yeah. She does, it doesn't have the same hold on her anymore. So, yeah. And that's the thing that when I jumped out from what you said was that it's not that she doesn't have all that, all those thoughts anymore. She just doesn't seem to be as attached to them. Yeah. But finally they disappear. They just don't have that hold. That's huge. And it was interesting because she said that her anxiety was around her children. Like if something happened to them, you know, they got hurt and it was that anxiety was showing up in her kids as well. So kids, when, if they fall over, they'd get anxious and panicked if, you know, they'd look at their mom and, um, and she said now that, you know, they're not even anxious anymore. So it's interesting. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. That must be an amazing feeling for you as well to notice that how you help her is having ripple effects on other people. Yeah. Extraordinary. Mm. Yeah. It is like, you know, I think, you know, I think like the work around, you know, the coaching, the principles, sometimes you think, oh, do I know enough to help someone who's in, you know, this level of stress and, um, and anxiety and that was a really good lesson to me that it doesn't matter how much you know like whatever you know you share um, and sit in that conversation with them and that's enough what you bring is enough right yeah and you've said a few times coaching around the principles and and Kate and I know what you mean when you say that mm -hmm. But as someone who doesn't know what you mean, how would you explain that? 
I explain the principles and I don't really talk about the principles to my clients. I feel like that's a very um, more of a teaching thing, but I talk about where our experience comes from. So our thoughts are our feelings um, and we have a visceral, visceral, visceral experience through consciousness. And so um, it really looks like that our experience is coming from the outside, but it's all an inside job. Rasmus, have you noticed um, as you start to change and how if this becomes more real for you, have you started to see that in your own life, personal life, that other people seem to kind of respond to those changes? As I notice changes in myself, do you mean? So like kind of like this woman that you're coaching and her kids are just naturally responding to that change. Have you noticed that for yourself as well? I've noticed it, uh, like I've, I've noticed a lot of change in my life through this, like my business, my relationships. Um, certainly from like a business perspective, I used to be, I used to get caught up in the problems. Like if something went wrong, my head would spin and <clears throat> looked very real to me that I needed to work this stuff out. And so through this understanding, I could really, I, I just don't get caught up in the same level of, I don't make it such a drama anymore. It doesn't, I don't have the same reactions when things go wrong. And definitely my, my close friends and family, especially my family, they've noticed that. They're like, yeah, you don't, you don't react like you used to anymore, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and certainly my personal life, like, particularly around relationships. And this was something that's, you know, I've, I've had a lot of insights around this um, and they still continue to show up. <laughs> um, yeah, so just recently, um, like around the whole idea of rejection, that was a, quite a big insight for me recently that it's really just... Like to me, rejection was thing, whether it be in business or in relationships, it felt like something that was like a thing that you had to, like it was, it was bad. It meant something about you, right? Um, and do you know, I really come to realize that rejection is just a thought that you're holding in your head that only affects me the moment that I'm thinking about it. Um, and that was that was actually quite a huge one for me because I felt like that was something that always kind of held me back, the fear of rejection in whatever area of my life, to see that no one else is thinking that, I'm only thinking that. And it is just a thought. And that kind of just released me from that fear of holding back because, yeah, I'm going to think it. It doesn't mean anything. And it sounds like there's so much freedom in that. There is. There really is. Like that one was huge. And I feel like that one has been coming for years, you know, because I, I think, I don't know, rejection has always been a big thing for me. Unknowingly, like it was kind of kind of hidden from me. I knew it was there, but I didn't want to focus on it because I just thought, well, what are you going to do? Um, but I didn't realize how much it was 
silently making decisions for me on what to do and what not to do. And so, yeah, there is a lot more freedom knowing that, well, I'm the only one thinking it. And even if somebody else is thinking it, it doesn't really matter because it is so transient of a thought. And that it's not like embedded in my DNA or in my body to know that's, you know, I think that's one of the other things that I've seen is that when stuff happens in our past, we're not carrying it. Like, you know, we're not, it's not, it's not a scar. It's not something that we have to work through then. It's not like trapped in our body. And I was using things from my past as a reason why it was an issue today. And I realized with this whole insight around rejection was that was really just an excuse to not have, you know, to not look at it, to not try different things. It was just really just holding myself back. You know, in, in listening to you, it strikes me how many of us as humans keep ourselves safe from feelings, things, feeling things such as rejection. Thinking that keeping safe is a really good strategy for being alive and how to live. And then when we notice the kind of thing that you've just seen, the truth of, that, wait a minute, I was afraid of rejection and I've just seen it for what it is. I'm free of it, free of the hole it has on me. And while I can think that, yeah, that's a whole other way of living. Mm. When we're not protecting ourselves from a feeling <laughs> that has so less impact and meaning than we ever thought possible. Yeah. Amazing thing to notice. It is. And when you kind of think about it, it's like we are trying to protect ourselves from our feelings, yeah. which, you know, we're just feelings, like, but, you know, you get caught up in it. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I was, um, another thing that kind of came up for me, you know how people talk about, you know, like, different strategies of how to do things i think people you know they reverse engineer how to you know well this person did these steps so let's reverse engineer that and follow the same steps and through all of this process i can really see like the steps come after the insight right that's when they work you can't reverse engineer that yeah right yeah which is an example of you know your the foundation of most of your work in the last 20 years was mm. reverse engineering the signs of health, physical, hormonal health. And, and when we input the things that would look on the markers, like that would be the natural, then that would seemingly be enough. But it's at a symptomatic level as opposed to a causal level. Yep. Back to what you said well, in, in Michael Neal's words about going upstream to the actual cause of it. Well, wait a minute. What causes hormones? What causes all of these markers? What causes an awful lot of our stress and the, the other markers that we've got towards um, autoimmune is our thinking being over, over revved, as you've said. And that's the cause of so much of it. But sometimes we get symptoms and cause the other way around. 
and we think, well, wait a minute, no, it's the hormone that causes the thought. Well, for anyone who thinks that's true, take a look. Take a look, fresh look. Not to say and believe what the three of us are saying today, but just take a look with fresh eyes and notice what you might see. Mm. Look, I certainly do, like with my clients, I do a lot of restoring gut health because we know that the microbiome influences neurotransmitter production and the brain and mood and all of that. But it's kind of like what's first, the chicken or the egg, right? And so in my work from what I've seen is that it really does start from that. That causal effect is that mental overwhelm. Yeah, which in my mind would probably maximise the impact of, of those additional remedies that you might suggest to people. Yeah, well, like for that um, case study that I mentioned, she had already, she was already seeing other naturopaths before and practitioners and, you know, they were doing all the right things, but she wasn't really getting that transformation. She wasn't, you know, she, her anxiety had reduced, but she was still trying to manage it, right? She was still just there and she was still so scared she was going to be in hospital. Um, so, you know, doing all the... The, the repair work, you know, through herbal medicines and nutrition is, yeah, it's important, but you need that other piece. Otherwise, it just, it's not going to move the needle. I just find it so inspiring that, that you're there doing this work and combining two incredibly important things together in the world and and, and knowing how much more that you're seeing, going back to the answer that you gave to Kate's question a few minutes ago, and that we're all in that place of seeing more and therefore mm -hmm. helping people with more impact and, you know, and seeing things for ourselves. I just think that that's just a lovely thing to notice. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely, um, definitely makes the work more exciting too, do you know? Like you're really kind of getting in a lot deeper with people then um you know if i was sitting in a clinic prescribing you know a lot of my <clears throat> a lot of my profession that's the model right it's just um it's not really having a lot of presence with the person anymore it's about you know looking at blood tests looking at lab tests hearing symptoms prescribing on your way um, which is a shame because i think you know i hear a lot of feedback from people is they really go to see someone. They just want to be heard. You know, that's what they, at, you know, initially, that's their initial thing is that they want to be heard. They want to be able to share. Um, they don't want to be kind of diagnosed through a lab test, you know. I mean, they do and they don't, you know. They want to, they want to have interaction, connection. That's really cool. The way that this profession is, is that the deeper that you see it, you know, like your insight about rejection becomes something that you can share because it does affect you, because it does change you. And so while you're listening and you also have those things to share is because you're changing as well. And you have that experience and you have that insight. And so when you're with clients and they see something like your client saw and these mm -hmm. things just start to change without 
really like a lot of effort. It's incredible. Well, what's interesting, like with her, for example, um, looking at all the remedies and the coaching, like we're not even doing all the remedies. So it's really is the coaching that's been, I mean, obviously it's been the biggest transformation, but it's just been interesting because she hasn't needed a lot of stuff. Um, and yeah, she's had a huge, huge transformation. So, yeah, I think obviously I understand the, the, the deeper I see these things, obviously I can help people at a deeper level. Um, and I think, you know, that insight around rejection, and I'm sure that extends to so many other areas in my life, <laughs> which I probably haven't seen yet. Um, and so there's always, there's always more to see. Yeah. And I would imagine that, that fear of rejection um, runs a lot of people. Mm. It's cool when you see something like that, that's how so much weight in your life. Like you watched yourself make decisions around it, you know, around that feeling. And I was just writing something this morning that sometimes those insights, when you see them, and then they start to fall away. It's almost like this weight that you didn't realize you were carrying around with you, right? Mm -hmm. Falls away. And while at the same time it feels like this weight's been lifted, you realize it's like made out of tissue paper. The weird, the weird thing to experience when you're like feel so much lighter and then you realize it wasn't really made out of anything. And that's, that's what these insights are like, yeah, I think. At least the way it's starting to look to me. What were you going to say? I would love to hear. Know, just to that, like, that's so true because we give it so much more weight, like, it carries, like, it's just so much more that we feel like we're carrying around. And then when we have the insight, we're like, is that it? Like, I was, when I was got that rejection insight, I was doing a workout and I was like, hold on a second, who is this bothering? It's in my head only and it's bothering it's just a thought and it was like really quite huge because it felt so much bigger than that mm. for, for a long time and yeah you're right it just it's like tissue paper it's nothing and the other thing I was going to say was when you what I've noticed is when you hold yourself back the fear of rejection or whatever the fear is you don't develop skills in that area because you've been holding yourself back. Like you actually, once you step into that, you don't really know how to navigate it as well because you really have just kind of held yourself back for so long. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. So whether it be like relationships or public speaking or whatever it is, once you step into it, you're like, oh, I need to probably get better at this. I don't really know what I'm doing here. <laughs> yeah. And then you magically seem to just know what to do. Yeah. I love that. So how would someone get in touch with you if, you if they wanted to know more about what you do and how it might help them? Yeah, so they can go to my website, bestnohisto.com. And I have a couple of different programs, um, which is all listed on my Work With Me page. So, yeah, it's all there. And then <laughs> details to that are in the description to this if you're on the audio version and 
down below in the description on YouTube. So you don't have to think about how do I just I know type out this lady's name. Because <laughs> you don't spell it the way you say it. <laughs> well, it's been lovely to uh, to hear you share what you're noticing about the bringing out the health and the wellness in people. Really inspiring. Thank you. Thank you, Vasna. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. So you've been listening to Wynne Morgan and... Kate Robert. And Vesna, our guest this week. Uh, thanks for being with us on this episode of Under the Noise. If you want to find out more, there's always ways you can get hold of us in the, in the descriptions um, below. And to hear more episodes, there's always more on all the platforms that, that are available. And we'll see you again soon. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and Kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.